and welcome back to the That Got Me Thinking podcast. I'm your host Nat and today we're talking about well-being, about health is wealth and I think it's a very topical conversation with everything that's going on in the world and COVID-19. But as well as that, we're talking about living a life that is not only true to you, but true to your soul. Looking at the puzzle pieces of your health and all the things that that comes into, whether that's spiritual or mental or your physical health. Now this week, I watched the Pixar film called Soul. And it's all about finding your purpose. And one thing they say is a lost soul is someone who is so obsessed with something that it takes them away from living their lives. And immediately, I thought about my phone. Because my use of my phone during lockdown has rapidly increased. Scrolling and comparing, but more than that, just taking up unnecessary space in my brain. So last year, I did a phone detox with a book called How to Break Up With Your Phone, which I found really just really useful and I didn't realise how much time and how much effort I spent on my phone and how lost I felt without it. Now I think my weekends need to be limited phone use because my phone is definitely keeping me on the hamster wheel and the treadmill of life. It's making me feel that I don't have a choice to respond to emails, messages, regular updates all needing my attention. And now this is one thing that's got me thinking this week. So much of my days are responding to others, doing tasks, being constantly on, available at all times, with various levels of appreciation and little awareness of my own needs. It's exhausting, the blended reality of working from home and homeschooling that my boundaries have become severely blurred. Even as someone who coaches others about boundaries and needs, this week I felt the reality of how far I've slipped. So, this coming week, I'm readdressing my imbalance for my own sanity and also readdressing my availability less to others and more to myself. My response to my phone and its notifications and recognising when and why I put my needs at the bottom of the to-do list. This also got me thinking about my phone as communication, which can be necessary, but is it authentic? Because when we feel like a lost soul that I mentioned in the movie I watched this week, we ask everyone else their opinions. When we're not sure what to do, what direction to go in, we ask friends, family, we look at social media, documentaries, courses, Netflix. And what we really need to do is give ourselves the trust to know our own voice and our own path and compass of what to do and where to go. And also what we need, what's good for us, for our health, being our wealth. An intuitive feeling of small steps. The journey of life is the process of finding that spark, your passion, your you-ness. What lights you up? But it's ever-changing, as are we. But I know I won't find mine on my phone. I'll find it in the space that my phone, and responding to others, takes up. I'll find it in the living my own one precious life, in my own way. And I think that leads on nicely to my special guest this week which is Kathy Biese. Now, Kathy is a cancer coach and she's all about the holisticness of health and well-being. And I found her chat just intriguing and I hope you do too. And I'll let Kathy introduce herself on the chat. I hope you have a great week. Take care. Okay. 
Hello and welcome back to That Got Me Thinking podcast. I'm your host Nat and today we have a special guest. So we have Kathy Biese with us today. Now this is going to be an exciting podcast because Kathy has got a range of experience because she is a holistic nutritionist and certified professional cancer coach. Kathy, have I got that right? You do. Okay, amazing. So instead of me um, giving more of an info, I think I'll go straight over to you, Kathy. I am intrigued. So what does your work entail? Like, what does a cancer coach do? I'm sorry for my ignorance, but I'm just really excited to know more. Um, well, the Cancer Coaching um, Association that I went through, there are a bunch of different underlying specialties that each cancer coach comes to the program with. There are doctors in the program, nurses, psychologists, and I'm a nutritionist. And we're taught a broad base of information within the sphere of cancer. And then what we do is we take the information and we create a practice that matches or goes with our underlying specialty. So for me personally, I work with uh, cancer patients that are in active cancer care or or preparing for it. Um, And I work with people that are interested in cancer prevention. I also work with the caregivers. Uh, Usually they come with the cancer patients, their loved ones. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I will just work directly with the the support person. But um, the niche that I have sort of dug out for myself is I work on getting the cancer patient to their healthiest person so that they can uh, finish treatment if they're going into treatment and to mitigate side effects. So I work on the health of people. Oh, that sounds amazing. So again, this is new to me. So what for nutritional base them what what does that look like what what would be like your first thing your go-to thing that you would be asking someone or that you would be kind of looking into I guess when you have first have a patient okay so I'm pulling at different areas so their nutrition uh, specific lifestyle uh, tendencies that they have because the health of the body is is dependent on a systemic type of health. And what I mean by that is you can have a pristine diet, but if your body is not in good shape to receive the nutrients, break them down and absorb them, then a lot of the wonderful nutrients that you're eating and trying to incorporate in your diet are wasted. Yeah, sure. So I work on underlying inflammation and a lot of that has to we sleep what our exercise pattern is, how we deal with stress. Uh, A big piece of what I do is trying to get people to become in sync with their circadian rhythms and developing and maintaining and supporting underlying er, their digestive processes, their natural digestive processes. And then when we incorporate all of this together, we're really helping to maximize all the nutrients that people eat. And of course, directly with diet. I deal directly with diet and and, um, depending where they are in their cancer protocol, um, there are certain therapies that I may implement if someone's preparing for chemotherapy. Um, So it's very individualized. Yeah. And when we were talking about those different kind of aggravants, I suppose, is inflammation sleep and stress and diet 
all one of the I guess one of the major things that the people see or you notice are they kind of the big four essentially Pretty much. Yeah, those are the things that are coming to the forefront. Now, the microbiome, uh, which I didn't mention, is actually the centerpiece of of what I do. And everything within diet and lifestyle sort of feeds into the microbiome and the health of the microbiome. And research that's going on now, uh, specifically with the microbiome and cancer and certain cancer therapies. So the immune system, the seat of our immunity is in our gut. So helping people to have a good sleep hygiene, helping people to understand what they eat impacts inflammation, um, their circadian rhythm. Again, all of these things go into uh, supporting the microbiome as well. Yeah, because there's been a lot of research about how our gut and what we eat obviously affects how we feel as well, doesn't it? How yes. the, our mental health as well. Mental health is a big piece. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and what I find when I'm working with people that are going through treatment or people who have just finished treatment and are expected just to jump back into real life, yeah. you know, air quotes, real life, um, that mental piece is often not, uh, um, not dealt with. But there are two approaches to that. And again, lifestyle choices and all of that. But when people begin to understand that their treatments impact their gut mm. and that the gut has such a connection to their mental health, they almost find a bit of solace in that. Um, people think when they have issues, with, when it comes, a lot of people feel that, you know, during treatment, they may not be remembering things. They may be down. They may, a whole bunch of different things. And when they realize that there is a physiological connection to yeah. mental health, that is a big uplift for people because, Natalie, it's a controllable piece for them. Yeah, and almost allows and then, them, I suppose. It allows them to have, to feel those things whereas before maybe it's all about the treatment and doing it almost knowing there's a physiological is almost like I'm okay I'm allowed this is part of my treatment I'm allowed to feel this way exactly and um, I will give them the pieces to help rectify some of that you know if we're working on the strength of the gut um, you know that mental piece can can be pulled back a little bit which is um, a great part of of what I do and the effect I see with people when they understand that how they you know make their lifestyle choices and what they eat will impact their mental health it's a big motivator yeah definitely so if if there are listeners here or like i'm really interested too what can we be doing to get really good gut health kathy well there are many things you know i've already gone over a few of them so i won't repeat yeah. them um what we eat fermented foods are wonderful to help improve the health of the microbiome uh lots of fiber in the diet which feeds the microbiome exercise is a big piece of the puzzle um because it helps to reduce inflammation, it improves insulin sensitivity, helps to balance hormones. All of these feed into the healthy, to the healthy gut. Um, our mindset as we're going through things, because our gut affects our brain, but also our thoughts affect our gut. So there is real, uh, real meaning when someone says, you know, walk into things with a positive outlook. All these things are um, are important. So. All of the underlying things, they impact the, the gut. And, and the, the piece that is really wonderful is that, um, as we know now from research, um, where we're standing right now, the health of the microbiome is under our control with nutrition and lifestyle choices. So really, we are in control of our own destiny in lots, in lots of this. Um, in lots of ways, yes. Mm -hmm. In lots of ways, yes. 100%. 
it's so interesting I'm and obviously for me I'm so interested in the the kind of gut mental health link and how we bring that back and it's so interlinked isn't it all of our not only just the puzzle pieces but all our body and the signals our body gives out it's just it fascinates me it is really fascinating and that's why when we're looking at um you know working with cancer patients this piece of the puzzle is not often dealt with and it can be well, you know, when, when cancer patients are giving are given a, an understanding that they control um, a big, big part of their cancer protocol, it really is motivating. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I was in I was a breast cancer um, patient myself, so I've been through the medical system, and um, you know, tests and results and treatments and tests and results and treatments. Mm-hmm. You almost feel that your head is spinning and that you've lost control. Yeah. So this is putting power back into our own hands. It's amazing. Ooh, Kathy. Okay. I've got two questions, if that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really interested. So in your life, I suppose, is there an event or a turning point that you think has changed the way you think about your life in general? I know you've just touched on your cancer journey, so I'm imagining this is going to be linked, but I'm really intrigued um, to hear your point of view. It, it is definitely linked, um, but I think the aha moment that I had when it was when I was lining up um, in the queue for uh, registering for my cancer treatment, and I saw moms there with babies, people that were dropped off by you know the bus. Um, I had also, you know, I talked to many people, you you get a kind of a community when you're you know going sort of for yeah. radiation treatments every day. Um, And I was blessed in my life when I was diagnosed to be working um, at the time with um, integrative healthcare professionals, uh, just as happenstance. I was just getting healthy. I was wanting to exercise. I was doing some diet things, and they were sort of helping me out. And then when I got my diagnosis, um, they went to task in supporting me. And I just felt like I was able to get through my treatments very well. And I saw other people who suffered a lot. And I just felt that it was that part of what I did um, through the information that that these professionals were giving me that was missing with so many people. So that's when I decided to go back to school and become a nutritionist and get my cancer coaching license. I, I just felt that this was a missing part of what a, a, a complete cancer program should be. So that is, it was cancer, definitely. That definitely stands you up straight. But it was it was really that moment when I thought there's more that can be done. Yeah, and almost, it sounds like, it's like a full circle, isn't it? You saw yes. what was needed and went out there to find it, which is what I find amazing in your story. And I, I'm sure a lot of people will resonate with different things. They think, oh, I wish... I wish things were different, so I went out and did something about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, I absolutely agree. I think it's it's it, it's you know it's 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 my story, but it's so many other people's stories as well, um, interwoven. And the product is what I do. Oh, Kathy, and I suppose yeah, you really are standing up and and shouting your story, so other people will listen. And but also because it's other people's stories, like you said, it's your clients, but also it's people who are there, your community along the way too. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And I think that's a big part of our life, isn't it? In terms of our well-being, is that community aspect is really important, and knowing that there's other people out there that not only support you but understand you, that you're seen, 
especially when you're dealing with all these other things, whether that's cancer or whether other people can relate to different situations, to be seen and helped is a huge, huge thing to be done. I, I, I agree. And we all have uh, a story and a story to tell and everybody's story is unique. And um, I think everyone, you know, for the greater good should stand up and tell hardships that they've been through. It can be very difficult, um, but it can also be cathartic in, you know, as it was in my own healing. Yeah. And I think one, that's very much one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because we often see, don't we, on social media and different things, how wonderful life is, which it is. But I think sometimes we don't always show our difficulties or and then other people, you know, get a really false idea of what it is to live, you know, a, a real life, I suppose. So I think it's really good to talk about the things that have challenged us, but also how we've overcome, which is exactly what your story is, Kathy, essentially. Yes, it is. I've got a final question for you, Kathy. Yeah, I'm just fascinated by what you do. Um, what do women need to know? If you've got any a piece of advice or a piece of information that we, you could leave us with that you just think, oh, wouldn't it be great if just everyone knew this? I think it actually ties back to telling your story. Um, it's, it, you know, I, my, my journey through, and I hate to, I really do hate to use that word journey. And it was it's more, <laughs> it's not even more through my cancer journey. It was more coming to terms afterward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you finish your treatment and then you are sort of, while well, you're done, everything's fine. Things yeah. have checked out. Let's get back to regular life. It's not that easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you've got the demons of, of, of what you've been through to deal with. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't deal with them. Um, I, going back to school was was part, I guess, part of, of how I healed. But uh, I was embarrassed. So if you go back and you look at the, the metamorphosis of my social media or what I have done, um, I wasn't telling my story at the beginning because I almost felt to me, you know, I had this feeling of, of, of a weakness um, that, you know, I, I had a weakness and that's what led me to this diagnosis. And it was almost embarrassing for me. Um, and it took me it took me a little bit to come to terms with that. But yeah. if women could tell their story, if women could um you know, hold on to what has happened to them, good, bad, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Telling our authentic story is you touch people. You'll never know how many people that you you touch with being authentic and telling your story. Um, you know, strip it down to the bare bones and just give give from the heart because your story is unique and you never know how someone else who is suffering uh, can take solace in what you say. And it can be very hard for women. Hard, it can be hard for everybody. But um, I just, that would be my wish. And that's what I yeah. felt was a big part of my healing. And this can be healing from anything, yeah. um, any disease, any any situation that has brought you heartache. Um, being able to tell our story, I think, is something that can be very powerful and empowering. And it sounds like it was cathartic for you as well as sharing that with other people that you, you don't even know how many you've touched, but it sounds like it was part of your healing too. It, it absolutely was part of my healing. Yeah. When I gave up the fact that uh, this was nothing to be embarrassed about, um, 
I started telling my story. I mean, I don't go into some of the details or, you know, I, but I mean, the, the big pieces, I just find that people, when they can identify with me, um, my clients too, if they don't know my story yeah. and I'm saying it's suggesting things um, and I see resistance, I say, you know, I do understand what you've been through. And they yeah. all of a sudden, there's a different look on their face. Like you don't know. Relief, yeah, yeah. You, you do know you can help me, you know, um, a cancer diagnosis unfortunately still and this you know the one dream I have would be to change this there's a knee-jerk reaction of your mortality when you're given a cancer diagnosis and um, you know it, it could be the first time many of us have faced uh, the mortality issue so when someone understands that I actually deep down understand what they're going through um, there's a connection so that's me telling my story to them yeah Wow, Kathy, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I've learned a lot and I feel really inspired. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Natalie. It was a real pleasure. Oh, where can people find it more about you, Kathy? Where can they find it about your work and what you do? My website is kathybiasse.com. It's got everything on there from my online programs to my podcast. And um, you can find everything, social media, everything right on there. Amazing. And I will link all of that um, when I do the podcast as well. So people will be able to go onto the notes of the podcast and find you in there. So thank you, Kathy. Thank you so much for sharing and for yeah sharing your story with us today too. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye, Kathy. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.